Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. It doesn't matter where you go or where you turn, it's hard to not get blasted by a sexual message, whether you turn on the radio, and honestly, the things that we sing in songs, like if you ever were to just read the lyrics, most, there's a lot of that, you're like, wow, why, why are we doing that? Songs are crazy, or you turn on the TV, billboards, um, I don't know, I feel like they've gotten a whole lot worse in the last few years. We're like, shouldn't they be like covered in plastic or something? Like, really? But that's just, it's normal. It's everywhere. Um, Sexual messages are absolutely everywhere. But really, one place that sometimes they are not is in the church. But the Bible is not silent when it comes to sex. Um, God made sex. He knows a little bit about it. He made you and me. And if we don't say anything about it, then we will not know what God's thoughts are on sex. Uh, The church, I do not believe, should be silent on that subject. The Bible is not silent on it at all. Um, Growing up, I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a pastor, and I knew whenever he taught on sex, not because I was in there, because normally I I was in the youth, but people would come up to me afterwards and be like, your dad talked about sex today. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, um, he's got four kids. I've at least done it that many times. I don't know. Um, but thanks. And they'd, they'd say something, or your mom and dad did it. They were talking about it together. And you're like, okay. Again, they do it together. So that's, that's a good thing. And, and you, it's okay. But we have, where, where do we get some of our ideas about it? Where, should be the Bible. Um, I remember a few moments where I got some ideas growing up about sex, a few in particular. One, I remember when I learned that a homosexual was not somebody who had sex at home. Like, as a, as a child, that's, that's, that's kind of just, that makes sense, okay? That really makes sense of what that word, what that word is, but that's, that's not what it is. But that was, that was kind of like my, this is what it is. Then the other thing is, you know, you, you save it for marriage. I, I remember that. Like, that was definitely told me a lot. Like, hey, you save this for marriage. But the Bible is definitely not silent about it. It's really, really not. And we're going to talk, and we're going to start with 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 15, in talking about sex. 1 Corinthians 6.15 says, Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts and members of Christ? Should I take a part of Christ and join it with a prostitute? Never! And don't you know that if a man joins himself with a prostitute, she becomes a part of him and he becomes a part of her? One thing that sex is not, and this is something we're definitely told that it is, but what it is most definitely not is it's not a naked high five, Okay? There is a lot more to it than that. And the message translation says it this way in verse 16. It says, there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in Scripture, the two become one. 
And that's really the title of this series, because marriage is supposed to be two people becoming one. And I believe with all my heart that marriage, the way that God intended it to be, was designed to be the closest thing to heaven that we experience on earth. However, if it has that much potential, and I believe it does, then I believe that the opposite can also be true, that marriage can be the closest thing to hell that we can experience on earth. It really can be either one of those. But God's design was that two would become one. And one of the ways that he gave us to do that is, inside of marriage, is sex. And I say inside of marriage because that's where it's supposed to be, but it has that same effect outside as we just read in Corinthians. It says, don't join yourself to a prostitute because the two are becoming one. It is something. It's more than just physical. It is a spiritual joining of a husband and a wife of two people together. It really is. And like, ladies, your husbands, you're like, man, I want them to understand me more. I want them to to be able to be on the same page. You want to know what will really help? A little more time, a little more, little more office meetings or bedroom meetings or whatever you want to call them. Like, seriously, if he's trying it all, this is the tool that God has given married couples to help them to become one. It really is, and it is a very, very good thing. And here's the deal. When it, when, when it comes to sex, there's, we're two different people. There's two people becoming one, but I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm a morning person. I like mornings. It really doesn't matter when I go to bed. Like, I just wake up in the morning. I'm like, I'm awake, and as soon as the sun's up, like, my body's like, you should be up too, which is fine in the winter, but like, come summer and the sun's getting up at like 4.50 and 5, my body's like, you should be awake. Okay, Becca's a night person. She, she likes to be up at night and to stay up. And she's like, 8 o'clock, she's like, I'm going to go work. And, and she's ready to work at night. I'm a morning person. Um, I think opposites attract. That makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. But it can be really the same when it comes to sex. Is maybe one of you is a morning person and one of you is a night person or maybe one of you is an every single moment of the day person, and the other one is, I don't know, quite as much person. But here's the thing, is that it is given to us. It is given to us, and it is something that should be looked forward to. It really is. I remember growing up, uh, my youth pastor said something one time that absolutely shocked me. Absolutely shocked me. It was in context of some conversation, and he said this. He said, it was our day of the week to have sex. And that just jumped out at me because I was like, wait a second. Am I really waiting to get married to have sex one day a week, 52 times a year? And I'm like running numbers in my head, and I'm like, wait a second. One day a week? Like, what is this? And I'm, I don't remember how old I was or why I was in the room when this conversation was going on, but I remember thinking, like, that would, I think I'd be a little disappointed. Like, I, th- I think I would be a bit disappointed in this. I really do. But in, no matter what relationship you have, no matter how long you've been married, somebody in your relationship wants sex more. Like, it's just okay. Like, somebody wants it more. And it's great when you want it at the same time. Like, that is awesome. But somebody wants it more. I mean, Becca and I, um, honestly, 
Maybe this is the same for you. Maybe it's not, but she chases me. I'm like, babe, can we cuddle? And she's like, um, get over here. I'm like, well, I'm not a piece of meat. Like, really? Can, um, come on. And I, I don't know what it is for you guys, but somebody's going to want it more than the other person. More than likely. More than likely. Now, they say typically it's guys. I'm blessed, and I just thank God. I, she's an answer to a whole lot of prayer before I got married. Like, I think it started when I heard it was once a week for my youth pastor. I don't know. But I definitely was praying a whole ton. But somebody is going to. But here's something I want you to think about. Here's something I want you to think about. When you got married, you told that person, I will be the only place you go for this. They cannot go and have this desire, have this need met anywhere else. You are the only place. Nowhere else. That's it. And you as that only place for them to go. Really, I mean, think about it. What if your spouse was to say, well, I'm too tired to love you. You know, I'm just not going to provide today. I'm not just going to be emotionally available. No, nope, no, nope, I, I just can't do it today. I've got a headache. I'm not feeling good. I'm kind of tired. You are the only place that that person, that your spouse gets to go to have that need. The only outlet for those desires. You are the only, only place. And really, what's 10 minutes or five or whatever? Like, but, but think about it. You are the only place that they are to go for that. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, the wife does. Don't deprive. A sexless marriage doesn't honor God. It's not spiritual to not join together. It is, it, it's not spiritual. Here it says, don't deprive one another, except with, with consent for a time, that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. Everybody say, fasting and prayer. Okay. How long you fast for? Anybody eat food once a week? Raise your hand. Only once a week. Raise your hand if you only eat food once a week. Okay, that is good. I'm excited. No, we eat. We feed our bodies. And here's what it's saying. Verse 5, do not deprive each other except with consent for a time. You may give yourself to fasting and prayer. And then come together so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Again, this is the only place that this person has. The only place that this person has for this to go. But here's the thing. I love what it says in Song of Solomon. It says that the marriage bed is undefiled. And in, in some other translations, it says it literally says that it can hold, it can handle all of our sexual desires. It, it, it can handle it. That is what it was designed for and that that is it. And it was meant to be that. Now, when I save money, do I have less or more? If I save Instead of spend, do I have less or more? More. You're absolutely right. And when we save 
ourselves for marriage, the idea is that there's more and that it's all there. All of it can be there and can be met and can be satisfied and it can be great. I remember another one of those weird conversations as I was with my dad and we were out doing something. I'm not sure if we were actually on the boat yet or if we were getting ready to go out fishing. I'm with my dad, I'm probably like 14 or 15, and we're getting ready to go is what I think it was because he comes over to me and he just looks at me and he's got this big old smile on his face and he goes, sex is great. And I'm like, that's out of the blue, okay. And he's like, man, he goes, your mom and I. And I'm like, okay, that's like, really? Really, dad? And he goes, today's been like the best ever. Just so you know, it just keeps getting better. And then he walks off. And I'm like, did that just happen? Like, whoa, what in the world? And I started thinking about it a bit, and I'm like, well, practice makes perfect, so I hope it gets better. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And sex is supposed to be something that is amazing because it is. Sex is special. You're absolutely right. It is so much more than just physical bodies. It is a spiritual act that God gave us. That when saved for marriage and done inside of marriage, it's that the two becoming one, it is a crazy bond that holds us together. You're feeling separate and distant. It's like, okay, go have a meeting. You need a meeting. That's what you need. Like you, To unite, again, it's given to us to bring us together and to hold us together. It is to be a special, a unique bond that we have, hopefully with just that one person, that unique bond that we have with them. That is what it is given to us for. And it's not, it, it is for fun. It can be fun. It is not, and I know we, we need to say this, but it is not just for procreation. It really isn't. I'm going to read out of Song of Solomon. This is chapter 7. We're going to start with verse 11. This is Song of Solomon talking to his new wife. This is what he says. He says, come, my beloved, let's go to the countryside. Let's spend the night in the villages. He's like, let's go out on a date. Look, that's what we're going to do. Let's go out. Verse 12, let's go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened. And if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. Yup, that's what he's doing. He's like, let's go out here. Now, in context, they didn't have the like surveillance state and cameras everywhere and people all over the place, okay? But he's like, let's go out to this vineyard and there I'll give you my love. He's like, let's go outside. That's in the Bible. If you, if you disagree, take it up with God. There, there it is. And Song of Solomon, there's so much in there that he writes about, but I love this. They're, they're having fun. He's like, let's go and let's have fun. Now, yes, we've talked about early, earlier, we read in 1 Corinthians where it says, don't deprive them, because really it is, it's almost a, a, a duty that we have. But here's the thing, nobody, we all, we all want to be desired. We don't want to be grudgingly like, okay, yep, it's, it's our day of the week, let's go. N nobody wants that. I love the picture here that they're having fun. They're having fun. You are the only place that this person has to go for that. So put some effort into it. Have, have, have fun. 
Have fun. Put an effort into it, guys. It might, it's going to probably start for you typically way before the bedroom, like days before the bedroom. That's where it starts. Put the energy into it and seeking after and going after and loving your spouse and learning what they like and what they don't like and the chores that they enjoy that you do and the chores that they would rather you not do because you don't do them well or whatever it is, but figuring out and but, but seeking after them and being a student of them. It's going to start way before the bedroom. And, and women, typically for you, this is anything, any sexual interest at all. We'll take it. Like, yes. It's like, good. Sounds good. But it's, it's put energy into it. Put effort into it. This is the only place that this person has for this. So make it good for them. I, I, I think a safe illustration is this. A safe illustration would be if one person likes the lights off, then turn them off. If one person likes the lights on, then turn them on. But have fun and really think. And don't, here's the thing. We don't want to shame somebody into anything or guilt anybody into anything. We want to serve each other both in and out of bed. We, we serve. But I love that Solomon sung a Solomon. He's just like, hey, we're, let, let's go. Let's have fun. We're going to be over here. And there's a bunch more of Song of Solomon that I'm almost like almost hesitant to read because he is having fun. They are having fun. But it's amazing, and I love that it's in our Bible because the Bible is not silent about this subject. And if we don't say anything, if we don't say anything at all, or if all that we tell our kids as parents is, it's gross, save it for marriage. Like, really? Like, no, it's amazing, it's wonderful, and you're going to have a riot, and the very best place for it is inside of marriage. And outside of marriage, it can cause harm and hurt. But there's a place that it's designed to be. Fire is awesome. I love fire. I'm a guy. I walk up to a fire, I poke it with a stick. It's just what you do. You're like, here we go. It's a fire. They're fun. Fire is great. I want a fireplace really bad in our house. I just do. I want one. We don't have one. I, want to ch- I have wood that's chopped that just sits there, okay? Because I want to burn it. And I'm like, oh, I want a fire. I don't have one. I want a fireplace. But you know what I don't do is bring some of that chopped wood into the living room and be like, I'm gonna, I want a fire, so I'm lighting one right here. Because that would be bad. You're all like, well, duh, of course, because that's not where it belongs. And sex is so similar. Outside of marriage, what is God designed to hold it and contain it and make it great, it does, it is not. And again, it's more than physical. It's spiritual. If it's something that you've already made a mistake in before you were married or you're not married yet and you're like, oh, I've made some mistakes, then stop now, okay? Just, just stop now. Making one mistake doesn't mean, well, you know, I ate one donut, might as well eat all 72. No, like stop, Okay, and nothing else does that make sense. Well, you know, I've already messed up, so what does it matter now? No, it matters. It really, really matters. It does. And honor God, here's what God's word says, that if we submit to him, we can get the best results we can starting now. So I don't know what your past has been, but submit to God and say, God, I want to do it your way starting now. I want to do it your way starting today. I want to give my spouse my very best. Maybe it's something that for some reason you were turned off by or there's something that happened in your past or it's just been a struggle for you. Work through it. If there's physical things that are wrong, get help. If it's not physical but you're having trouble, go to counseling. Go to counseling. We were, I was traveling with my dad years ago. He was traveling around preaching and I was with him and just going and and learning. More is caught than taught. I want to learn, so I was going around with him. And 
a gentleman came up after service, and they had been married for 18 years, and they had had sex once in 18 years. And I'm like, what? I didn't know something like that could happen. I was like, what? No way. Um, but this was the first time that they had, he had, the couple had told anybody that they hadn't been doing this. And dad was like, hey, we're going to pray right now. He's like, but you need to get help. This is something that God gave you guys. You need this. God gave this to you. You need to work through to figure out what's going on. And if it's something that, you're, that is, you struggle with, enjoying, God gave it to you to enjoy, then please get some actual help. And if you need, like, hey, where do I go to get some of that help? I can, we can refer you and help you find somebody and some different places that would be a great place to go. Because it is meant to be fun. It is fun. It's something that God gave to us to enjoy each other, to have fun. Because in every area of our relationships, we do not want to, we want to give our best. In every area, give your best to your spouse. Give your best to your spouse in every area. Becca and I, we were driving down the road uh, a while back, and, and she gets off the phone, and I'm like, what's up, what's up? And, and she just said, some of our friends, that her husband just told her that he has other relationships. He says the marriage relationship wasn't important. Again, this is what her husband told her, that the marriage relationship really was, you know, on par with every other relationship and that he needed to spend more time with some of his other relationships. And I was just like, what? I go, that is not true. I go, and here's the verse for that. I'm like, that is definitely, definitely not true. As in 1 Corinthians talks in verse 7 to married and unmarried people, and this is what it says in verse 732. It says, I want you to be free from the concerns of life. Paul's talking He says, an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. And verse 34 goes on with the same thing, and it says, you know, in women, they have to do the same thing. A woman who's not married, she can focus on building the kingdom of God. She can focus on God. She gets married. Nope, now she has to focus on her husband. That relationship, here's what it is. It's your relationship with God, and then it's your relationship with your spouse. And then your relationship with your kids. Because we need to take care of our family, but it really is. It's God and then your spouse. And then everything else. That is the most important relationship that you have. If you're single, your most important relationship is with God. And then it's everything else kind of down there. If you're married, it's God and then it's your spouse. Give them the best of what you have. Don't give them the leftovers. Give them the very best in every area, in every area. Um, Two things that absolutely, well, just one thing that really, really drives me absolutely nuts is, okay, two. I I will go with both of them. One is when you go on Facebook or Instagram and you see people talking up their husband or wife and saying all these amazing things, but I know them and I don't see that true. I don't see them living that out in their relationships. And I'm like, you know what to say. That great thing you just posted, tell your husband. 
tell your wife that. Don't tell everybody else that you think this. Tell them. I'm like, I know that they would be dying to hear you say those words. But tell them, give your best. Who cares what everybody else thinks? Honestly, what does your wife, what does your husband think? That is the person that we are to pursue and to please. And so often, we think, well, what's the big thing that I can do? But really, there's a bunch of really small things that we can do that will give us the, the results that we want. And I don't know what it is for you, but how can you make sure that you're giving them the best? How can you give them the best? For me, one of the things that I do, and it's not a big thing, it's really not, but if something happens, Becca's the first person that I tell. If I have a cool story, if something happens, so for me, I was hunting this fall. This fall, I'm out hunting, I shoot a deer. It's a big deer, huge buck. I'm like, yes, and I am so excited, it runs off, and I'm like, oh, I gotta tell somebody. I'd already been on my phone, I'd been texting, you know, a bunch of my friends and, and stuff, and so I'm like, oh, and I get out my phone, and I'm like, I got to tell Becca, and I'm like, I shot one, and I put it down. And then when I do over, and I, I go and I get the deer, I'm like, I'm a data fiend, right? I'm always watching, like, how much data I'm using, and it's like, okay, we're on this plan, and I don't use any. She uses, like, 85% of all of our data. Every single time, I'm like, I don't even know how. Anyways, it's true. It's so true. But I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to FaceTime her. So I FaceTime, I'm like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, there's a deer. And it was the best. I wish I'd recorded it because she was with, was it Avery or Molly? She was with Avery, and I show them the deer, and suddenly you hear, ah! I hear them scream like, that's awesome! And I'm like, yeah. And then after that, I took some pictures, and I sent them to some of my friends. Some of you guys here, guys, were like, I just got one, I just got one, and I sent them to everybody else. But something that I do, because here's what I know for me, this is true for me, is the first time I relay a story or I tell something, it's, it's always the best. And I want to make sure I give her the best. And it's a, it's, a, it's a small thing. And I don't always get it right, but I'm all, this is what I want to do, is I want to give her the best. I want to tell her. I want her to be excited with me. And I don't know what it is that you can do. Maybe there's a small thing that you can do that you can change. Give your spouse the very best. Give our spouses the very best that we have. Because when you got married, you said, I'm the only one that you can go to. But not only for your sexual desires, but another thing that you said was, your dreams are going to come true with me. Your dreams are going to come through me. Whether it's having kids, how many kids, adopting, big and small. Whether she has a desire to visit Maine and eat lobster. Whatever it is, but your spouse's dreams are really going to come true with you. So learn what they are and give them the best and think about this. Say, okay, are we, are we dreaming together? Are we dreaming separate? How can we help to make some of these things happen together? And dreams change. They do. Becca changes. She changes her mind. I remember she had a quilt that she was excited about, like a bed. Is, is it called a quilt? Yeah, it was like a quilt, a thing you put on the bed. <laughs> And it covers it and it's pretty. That's a quilt. So she, there was one of those that she really, really liked. 
And this was years ago, and I mean, money was super, super tight. We were, we were getting, paying off house and getting things done. I mean, it was, it was tight. It was really tight. But I was like, I, and she showed me, and she's like, I know we, we, we can't get it. And it wasn't even anywhere around Christmas, but I was like, oh, I'm going to make this happen. Like, I'm gonna, this is going to be great. She's so excited about this. So I remember like, okay, I can do this extra thing here, and I can cut this back here, and I'm going to do some extra little side jobs and bring some extra money. And it really wasn't that expensive. I think it was like, was it 300 bucks, love, or something like that? So it wasn't super expensive, but $300 is a lot of money, okay? A lot of money. So I bought that. And, she, and so she opened it up, and I remember she's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you got that. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm like, yeah, I did it. Mm, did it. I love giving gifts when they're good, but when they're not, I'm like, oh, it's not good. And it was a good. I was like, yes, so excited. And she puts it on the bed, and it fits the bed, and everything's great. And then a couple of years later, like five, it's not on the bed anymore. I'm like, wait a second. Where'd that awesome thing go? And she's like, oh, it's over there. And then a little bit later, she's like, I think we should sell it. And I'm like, you can't sell that. You loved it. And I, I was awesome. And I got that for you. You can't sell that. Something that made me awesome. Like, what are you doing? But it changes. It changes. And really, I think she's used it as a dog bed now or something. Like, no? She's back there going, uh-uh, uh-uh. This would be so much easier if you were in the other room. I could tell my lies the way I want. But, no, that really was true. That, that, that part really was. But, but things change. The things that we're going after. So we, here's what you can't do. You can't say, well, I remember, you know, years ago, this is what we were doing together. It, it really does. It takes that time. The time getting together and say, hey, are we on the same page? Are we still going here? How do you feel about this? Is this something that we're still going for? Is this something that we're still excited about? These goals, the things that we're after, uh, work, is work still as important as you thought that it was? Are you, are, are you still doing the same things there? Is that, are you enjoying it, the home? Is it time to change some of this? Or what are we doing? Do we feel that God's got something different for us? We were really you know, focused in this area. Maybe it's because of kids or career, but now we're, we're shifting because there's seasons of life. And it's making sure that we're in those together and giving our spouses the very, very best of what we have. You, you look out at the world, and if we do marriage the world way, world, world way, there we go, we're going to get their results. But I don't want their results. I don't want the I don't want to go home at night because, you know, the old ball and chain is there and I don't want to go and I'm going to go sit at the bar. I don't want to do this. And she's like, oh, here he comes again. And he's on. I, I don't want that. I, I want it to be easy for her. When I come home, I want her to be like, yay, he's here. This is great. And he's going to help with this. And we're going to do this together. And we're going to build this together. And it's fun. And we're going to do that. I'm excited that they're here. Not, I don't want what the world has, but if we want what God, we want to do it God's way, sex and marriage and everything in between, then we have to know what God's word has to say about it and just pursue, pursue, pursue. Pursue your spouse. Pursue God's word. Learn what it is. If there's, something, if there's an area that you're like, you know, we're, we're under attack and it's, it's, it's not, we're not gelling together the way I think that we should, then get help. Please don't be afraid to ask for help. I don't know why, but so many times in, in, in relationships, we don't want to ask for help. Just ask. Find somebody. Maybe there's another couple that you see that is winning in the area that you're not. Go to them and say, hey, I have done that so many times. 
where I'm like, hey, we think they're doing great with kids. Let's just take them out to lunch, and they've got older kids, and let's just go ask. And I'm like, oh, and Beck's like, well, that one's, I think, for you, and I'll do this. And, and we have, it's like, okay. And we'll meet people, and she's like, hey, what do you think about this? And you think you should ask them? I, I, they're doing really great with this. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We want mentors in so many different areas of, of, of life. We're like, hey, in, in my career, I need, a, I need a mentor. I want somebody who can help me with this and somebody who's been where I've already gone and can help with this. Do, let's do the same thing with our most important relationship, the relationship we have with our spouse. And remember, kids, they're a part of the family, but they're going to go. And we already saw in Scripture, it says your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse. Now, it is really, really easy, especially when kids are young, to make, they're demanding and it's just, they're there and oh my goodness, they're in the tub, we've got 30 seconds, isn't this great? And then they poop in the tub and like it ruins all day and now you're back in there that maybe did or did not happen this week, but whatever it is and you're just like, they demand time here and, and over here and it can be, they can get in the middle of things and then they get older and they've got this sport, and this thing is here, and I need you to take me here, and what about this, and this is happening here, and there's an emergency in their life, and does that mean it's an emergency for me just because it's an emergency for them, and oh my goodness, and it really, we do, be intentional about taking that time, not letting them, not letting them get in between you, stay united, stay united in vision and purpose. We talked about it in the earlier weeks before. Stay united in your vision and purpose. This is where we are going and helping to get them there. And don't be silent on the subject of sex with your kids. Don't let the world and everything around them give them, paint a picture that's contrary to God's word on what sex is supposed to be and how great it really is. I believe with all my heart that God's desire for us what he said is true. He said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And that marriage is to be the closest thing to heaven that we experience here on earth. But we will never get that without doing it God's way. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.